Okay, we are being live streamed. All right, good afternoon, everybody. It is Angie Atkinson, and I'm here with the lovely and talented Lise Colucci. Lise, welcome back. Hello, good afternoon. Oh, good afternoon. You know, I never asked you if I was pronouncing your name wrong. Am I pronouncing your name right, your last name? Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've been saying it for so long, and I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I think I got a piece of hair in my, okay. Anywho, so people are, as people are coming on in, can you, you okay? Yeah, I'm just not seeing the stream. Hmm. Oh, I see you. Um, oh, hey, Ellen. Ellen from the Mod Squad. Kalia is here. Mystique, hello, hello. Um, Peggy, you and A, hello. Two of two Mod Squatters, which means Christine must be here as well. I'm guessing somewhere, or she will be. Anywho, we are getting going, everybody. There she is, Chris Cassie. Okay. Hello. So we thought we'd talk today about what happens when on it doesn't always happen but for a lot of us we might find that someone family wise or friend wise or everybody chooses the narcissist over us when things do end so before we jump in can anybody in if you're if you're here in the chat and you've experienced losing someone whether they were in your opinion narcissistic or not because of a narcissist say yes in the chat all right, and we'll just get moving. So, Lisa, have you experienced someone choosing hmm. the narcissist over you? I was thinking about it. I can't think of a specific instance, but I have stories of it where, okay, for other people, where I've heard of people um, having people who are mutual friends, people in their church community, people in their uh, social circle, um, basically um choosing the side of the narcissist and then guilt tripping the mm. survivor for not going back to the narcissistic person yeah yeah okay mm -hmm. yeah, i've seen that i've um well and sometimes i've seen i've seen that i've also seen to where, like in my own life where the family was not trying to choose one over the other per se mm -hmm. but they also wouldn't unchoose one over the other and mm -hmm. i felt to myself, I felt that I didn't really have, well, I didn't want to put them in the spot to have to choose. Um, so mostly I just chose for them. Mm -hmm. um, because, for example, like right around the first, hmm, the, the first big holiday, I guess, after I went no contact, um, one of my family members who was, I thought, closer to me than the other person <laughs> um, <clears throat> invited me over and said, so-and-so, the narcissist person, says they're not going to be here, that you should make sure you come for this holiday. Okay, so I was actually considering it until another family member spoke to me about something what to do with that holiday and then mentioned the name of the person. <clears throat> I was I was being set up, essentially, and somebody didn't know it and told me. <laughs> so mm. luckily, I didn't show, because uh, the person wanted to confront me in front of everyone and make it a whole big thing. And I just, I didn't have the <clears throat> energy or desire for that experience. So right. I did not go. And that pretty much ruined it from there for me, uh, for the extended family on that side. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in another situation, someone said some things and that's a whole other story that I'm not even gonna tell today. But I think what it comes down to is, I think we've all lost at least friends or a couple of family members or, someone else as a result of going no contact or we might we're afraid we might right um yeah so you don't get the same holiday experiences or whatever it was and and i think a lot of people can relate to that from what it looks like um <clears throat> so if you had clients or or people that you've spoken with who have maybe talked about that with you as well yeah i mean i've seen it in I was thinking about it as you're sitting here. There's a story of someone that's been friends for a lot of years. Mm -hmm. um, and then the narcissistic, uh, it was a female, um, after the divorce, she took those friends. But it uh, <sighs> would have been this person's good friend, <laughs> the, one of the couple, right? So she took a couple, <sighs> like a, a yeah a couple they used to hang out with and um hurtful because then you hear through the grapevine <laughs> the stuff that's said mm. uh-huh so 
it, it changes friends dynamics too because now how do you go to a reunion of friends or whatever that right yeah mm -hmm. never well you go but you but it's different right yes and it's especially weird when like i mean this is a different situation but it's kind of when you have a person who uh who comes in and like an, an adult and mm -hmm. like say to you when you're a child and then they keep some of your friends <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it's really weird uh, or and it's really hard when it's a child and especially or an adult child then why are you being saying to mom or dad right like why are you but, yeah why are you being mean to mom or dad i can't talk to you yeah yeah like so so when that happens and it could be under for anybody i okay and this is kind of weird but uh, my my ex-husband's stepmother actually chose my, me over my ex-husband, which wasn't a huge surprise, <laughs> but I'm pre pretty sure it was because of the child. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. She wanted to know the child. Um, but I, I just, and of course he had done not so good things to her. So it was a whole big thing, but I guess it just really depends. Um, oh, hey, from Texas. Freedom Fighter, that's a cute name. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, first time in the, in, the, in the live stream. Welcome. Anyway, so I, th I think that's the whole thing is that whatever, for whatever the reason is, sometimes people choose the toxic person instead of the non-toxic person. Here are some of the reasons I think that I've seen and experienced. People are either scared of that person, yep. which a lot of people in my family were afraid of what that person mm -hmm. would or would not do. Some people feel obligated to that person because... Mm -hmm. Maybe they loan them money or they help support them in some way or whatever. They just feel obligated. And then, of course, the ones who really don't see it. And I think those are the hardest ones. Like You kind of understand the fear and you kind of understand, like, there's one person in my family who I know needs financial help from that person that I decided to go to contact with. And so I totally understand, right? Because whatever. But... <clears throat> Oh, and here Melinda says, I don't understand that. My friends know what my ex did to me and they still talk to him. Right. Yeah, they're they're in the cycle of manipulation too sometimes. Mm -hmm. Not that I'm making excuses for them because it's awful, right. but um, people get really uncomfortable and they don't know how to set boundaries or just flip the bird, you know, to the person. So really, it's right. And it's hard, it's uncomfortable, really uncomfortable mm -hmm. because narcissists are manipulative. They put the pressure on, they smear, they, they charm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's, it's ugly and it's not, it, it's not, um, it's especially bad when, okay, the smear, let's talk about that. So what a lot of them do is they go talk to your friends and your family and your, you know, your kids and like people across the street or whatever. And they tell them, you know, I'm really worried about Lisa. I mean, she just yeah. hasn't been herself lately. And I'm just, oh, can you, would you check in on her for me? I'm just, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and sometimes they will call the cops and have them come to your house and do a well-being check if you refuse mm -hmm. to talk to them, whatever. But they like to start a smear and then those are the times when you you get the individual like your best friend or your mom or somebody i don't know who comes over and is like oh you know they said you're not doing well are you okay what's happening and then they've dragged these people into your stuff and so if you respond negatively which you're probably going to at that point or at least irritated right or upset then of course the other person said the narcissist already told them you're going to do that because they know you know now she probably won't like it but you know you should still and it's preloaded. They preload the narrative. So, right. Yeah. And so you look crazy you as look they crazy. said that you would. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. right. So then you get your people who are supposed to be on your side against you. I had a right. friend who planned a whole escape one time with her child. And then this is probably the best thing for this friend, but her, her mother actually called the person she was trying to escape from who wasn't a narcissist and oh. told him what was happening. And uh, you might know that that person, actually. Oh. Um, but anyway, she, the kid wasn't, was taken by the father instead of the mother, and now it's fine today. But it was a really weird Interesting. thing that her own mother would, you know. So you, you had to wonder. Uh, in that what case. was going on there? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, thought, I thought of one that actually I got the answer of why. Oh, tell me. Um, so, you know, 
breakup and relationship discard, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. And then the narcissist sister removes me from social media, won't talk to me when I see her in public, just like basically shuns. And I'm thinking, she knows him. She knows what he's like. She even warned me by saying when we were little, he played spider and fly. Guess who was the fly? You know, like, yeah. Yeah. So, and, and, you know, like she would give hints. So she, I knew she knew. And I thought, why is she now trying to hurt me? Why is she like taking his side? I don't need to take sides. I can just be neutral with her. I don't, I don't necessarily want to hang out with her, but I don't need to like shun her anyway. So I finally approached her when I saw her, we went to somewhere that was uh, where we would run into each other often. And I said, why are you avoiding me? I said, is it, is, are you uncomfortable? Did he instruct you to what happened? And she said, you may have been able to get out of it, but I can't, I'm family. And I said, she said, if I talk to you, who pays the price? And I said, so you're, you're protecting yourself. And she said, I have to, I'm sorry. I hope you I understood. I hope. <laughs> Absolutely. And I said, right. no, you're making the choice to stay in, but that's another story for another time. You know, like you're choosing to have contact with your brother. So that's cool. But that's. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Because, you know, okay. for her own well being, she didn't yeah. need to be manipulated. She was being, so basically, she's like, I'm being manipulated and I know it. And right. it's the only thing I can do to keep the peace because I'm a peacekeeper. So. There was an answer in that one. Yeah. Uh-huh. See, and that's the thing. This is, and it feel a lot of a lot of people feel super betrayed, and a lot of people are super betrayed in these in these instances. Oh, you are super betrayed. Yeah. Uh huh. But being the people pleasers that we have been, <laughs> for me, I was able to look at it and go, well, now do I want to put my grandma or my uncle or my aunt or whatever in some really uncomfortable position where you you know I'm trying to force her to choose and even if I did that would I win (laughs) no because I'm not scary enough or whatever so look it just comes down to I think fear obligation and guilt right Mm -hmm. and they're afraid they're what the person's done stuff for them they're whatever it is Um, they just don't want to deal with the wrath of the other person or straight up there like another narcissist on the same page with the first right you know in that case you didn't need him anyway Uh, but i think right one thing that does bother me is when i see and this is my personal rule take it for what it's worth uh in my in my life if i have a couple friend usually i i became friends with one of them first right so whether it was the him or the her whoever that person is that i was friends with first the other person usually becomes the friend-in-law. Does that make sense to you? Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So, so, so the way that my little little not family works is, whenever there's, you know, a breakup among the friends, the friend-in-law is the one who typically, you know, I don't not associate with anyone. I'll talk to anyone, but if if they make me choose, I have to. Now, there's my rule. I have. I don't have to choose, because it's easier that way. For me. Yes, it's not too much drama. But I think what I was hearing you say earlier, and it's kind of, and I totally agree if it is what you're saying, is that we have to remember so much of this isn't about us when it happens. It's not because we did anything wrong or the person doesn't like us Mm -hmm. or it has anything to do with you at all. It's almost never to do with you. Exactly. It has to do with their relationship with that narcissistic person, whether it be through fear, manipulation, confusion, guilt. guilt. Oh yeah, a lot Pressure. of them. Will feel like that first one I was talking about he is apparently a master guilter, and he will just guilt everyone. Oh my gosh, I'm trying so hard. Why does my wife want to? Oh, yeah. Why won't my wife come back? Help. The sob story. Help. Yeah. Help. And everyone, so everyone tries to help, but then they're not helping. They're actually, they're against, actually against. And well, if you won't talk to him, I guess we can't really talk to you. Oh yeah. Or or you know, how could you say those terrible things about him or her? Or yeah. how could you, you know? uh there there are some people who use religion mm-hmm. as that was to... one of the things yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. sending quotes about how you're supposed to stay with people and and you know well, that's uh yeah that's yeah. that enabler behavior but in those situations i usually will respond with something about how 
I'm pretty sure God wouldn't want you to stay in an abusive relationship. Right. But who knows what people think? So anyway, um, yeah, it's it's something else. Um, Marlo, hello, Marlo. Welcome. Marlo says, hello to all. I'm new here. Live this. All right. So let's start talking about this with our with our yeah. With our, crew here yeah <laughs> so guys start talking what what are you what are you thinking what are you feeling have you been in here uh, have you experienced this how you word you might i have one here adrienne adrienne or adrienne mm -hmm. <laughs> how would you guys handle a situation like this knowing they both are trying to get information out of you and can't also i'm working to get me back in my own and everything okay. so how do you handle a situation knowing they're both trying to get information out of you. Uh, yeah, so they could feed it back to each other, I'm guessing. I would not talk to those people. Yeah, that's <laughs> translation, and, and you don't right. want to be the point of the triangle. Right. And if you choose to have a conversation with them, then say, I'll tell you what, let me get so-and-so on the phone or whatever. You know, number three, on the phone, we can all talk about it together. Mm -hmm. <laughs> or, you know, I'm busy, I have to get off the phone. You don't even have to tell them why. Yeah. You just be busy. You know. Right. And if it's people you still want to talk to, but you don't want to talk about that, you can say, I've decided this topic's off limits. Yes. yes. Yeah. I don't, and I don't, I don't want to talk about this. Thanks. You're allowed to say that. I don't want yeah. to talk about this. Yeah. How's your day? Anyway, look, yeah. a squirrel. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Or, yeah. you know, come, come prepared with a topic list, even if necessary, mm -hmm. that you can shift to right away. Yep. It, it's about developing coping skills, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and don't be, listen, don't feel like, well, that's my sister. I can't just stop talking to my sister. Yeah, you can if you have to, or temporarily if you have to, you know. Mm -hmm. Something I find to be really useful is this. When you go into any situation, you're, you're going through a breakup or a discard or whatever you're going through, then you have to stop and you have to sort of self-protect. And so that might mean that you've you put Joe Blow and Jen Blow over there who are a little gossipy. You put them on the temporary ban list, okay? So what I mean is if they're over there and they're talking and they're passing information to the narcissist, but you know they're nice people and they mean well, they're just screwing up for you, then you just kind of emotionally and mentally step back two or three steps, which means you don't tell them any of your secrets or your pain or your happiness. You just, if they call you, you're polite, you're busy, you don't have time to talk or hang out, mm -hmm. right? And then you get through this time. Once you get through this time, then you take a look at all the Joes and the Jens in the world that you've kind of stepped back from emotionally. And then you look at them and you go, okay, you guys are cool. You guys are not that cool. Well, <laughs> however you choose to go. But the point is I rarely did I ever find that it was, that I wanted to be real long-term friends with someone who would betray me in that way. Um, and when I did it, it usually, when I chose to do it anyway, well, it kind of kicked me in the butt. So I would personally advise be very careful keeping someone in your life when they have done that to you. But oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, and some occasions there's room. You know, it could have been an innocent mistake. They didn't. Right. They didn't right. Well, yeah, you get to weigh the whole situation. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. So, and oh, Peggy makes an excellent point. She says, yeah, but it's normal for them to choose and expected for them to choose a narcissist because. We all did the same thing, <laughs> and right? Mm -hmm. That's exactly, we, we chose to believe the narcissist as well because for the same reasons, they might be choosing it sometimes, except like us at the beginning, <laughs> they don't know what we know about them mm -hmm. behind closed doors or whatever. Right, yeah. they, right, right. Especially, well, a lot of people are so covert that it never, it never is seen by anyone except if you're close. Mm-hmm. That's right. And even oh, the thing is, with narcissists, they can seem even like somebody could stay with you for a whole week. Even let's say they, they visit. <laughs> There's such a thing as dog whistling, right? And so you they might see just the edge of something that you, you know, feel very frustrated or upset by. And they might not understand why oh, it's not that big of a deal, right? Or maybe they see you know, a dog whistle moment where they say something to you like, oh, I see you're having your pink lights ahead, you know, in the room again or whatever. I only say that because I just look <laughs> at a pink light over there. Anyway, I see you're doing something normal people do. Again, you know, maybe that's that's some kind of a, a special meaning to you. Like whenever they talk about the pink lights, 
to you, that means they're really mad that you refuse to be something you're not. I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And so they'll bring up little, little spots, little things that make you upset and then make you look crazy. Because if you respond to that person in front of the, the guest, well, they've only seen this much. They don't know the iceberg beneath the pink. Oh, lines. yeah. You, yeah. You know they I mean? don't, yeah. They don't get the inside joke. <laughs> the inside insult. Joke. The inside yes. insult. They don't get the hidden. Uh, right. They don't see like uh, uh, the kick you under the table moments. Exactly. So I used to get exactly. pinched under the table. Physically? Oh, yeah. Growing oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my, oh, not yeah. my mom, but yeah, yeah. I pinched and under the table, hand. Pinched under the table when I was, you know, doing something that might reveal a truth mm -hmm. about what's yeah. Isn't that interesting? Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I used to get a squeezed hand. I mean, I'm oh, not yeah. talking about just squeezing, about almost no. breaking it. Yeah, yeah. Or bend in half and stuff. How dare you? Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or the um, <laughs> the coffee breath whisper in the ear. <laughs> <laughs> Do we need to go to the restroom? That's very graphic. Yes. yes. It was a little hissy. Yes. Uh -huh. And do we need to go to the restroom? Because that meant I will spank you and whatever else in the bathroom if you don't stop this. That's right. Ah, and uh -huh. if you cry, oh boy. Yeah. So yes, it was a dog whistle. Mm -hmm. Simply meaning somebody can mess with your head and cause a reaction from you that makes you look crazy because they don't know what it means to you. Right. No one else knows what it means. It's a silent. Yes. Almost silent. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very good point, Peggy, made there. Yeah. Hello, Angela from Italy. Welcome. Great name. That's my name, too, Angela. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Marcy. Hey, Marcy. Okay. Stop me if you have a if you have a thing, <laughs> a question. Thank you, Mystique. Ellen. Uh, okay, Freedom Fighter says, thank you. Happy to be here. Welcome the support. That is what we do. And you are also welcome to check out queenbeing.com slash group support or slash span or slash groups if you're interested in Lisa's amazing group coaching program. Um, let's see here. Oh, we have quite a quite a few new new people today. This is great. Okay, Caribbean D. Did you read this one yet? You didn't. Okay. No, I don't think so. Okay, here we go. <clears throat> um, oh, wait, first. JS says, it took me a while to find out he was mean and vindictive. He put on a mask at first, but I saw through it. Very common, very common. And that is one of those things I think that 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 takes you, <laughs> that's one of those moments when you realize maybe, oh, maybe it was like all these things click into place when you experience it. When the mask comes off the first time, mm -hmm. you start to go, and this is especially true for um people that you're romantically involved in are not family members right mm -hmm. so like friends or, or romance people neighbors whatever co-workers teachers right and when when you see through it then you start to think at least if you're anything like i was <laughs> you start to think back and remember stuff and you remember when oh well i remember when you know so and so said this weird thing to me or that time that the ex tried to call me and tell me and I thought they were crazy because, of course, the narcissist already told you they were crazy, right? But yeah, the mask is, a, it's basically taking off the part of them that that prevents them from completely destroying their lives in the, in the process. But mm -hmm. now they feel like you're on the inside. And so they can let you see the ugly and dump it all over you. Mm -hmm. when you're not. Thoughts about that, Lise? When the mask slips and you see it in uh, which part? Yes. Just that, just just in the experience of seeing that someone, she said she she saw him as mean and vindictive after the mask came off. Right, and it takes a while because you're just sort of like, was that a bad mood? What did I just see? Wait, what? Did they really do that? And then, and then oh my gosh, they did it again. And, and gaslighting, especially someone who's really good at it, you don't catch it right away because you start, you're engaged with it. It's only right. when you're, it's only after a few times a cycle of going, why every time when I have a debate with this person that isn't even an argument, does it turn right. into a crazy situation where I don't even know what's what? Oh, right. something's happening here. This is, it only happens here, you it's, know? Yeah. 
And, and, and then so if you see that until it takes a mask slipping sometimes for that to be seen, because if it wasn't off, they'd laugh it off. And you'd be right. like, well, that was weird. Yeah, you know, yeah. yeah. Of course, and you know what, you never, you never look at this and, and feel like, I don't know, when, when you grow up with someone like that, it takes longer, right? So it, for me, it did. Growing up with a narcissist taught me to be <laughs> a little bit more aware, but the problem was I didn't know that it was a narcissist. And I also, not till later when I figured it out, <laughs> but I also was essentially just looking for people who were the opposite of that person. <laughs> so, so what, what did I get? I got a different type of narcissist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, Cause you, right. cause you think you, the mask looks like one thing, but really it could be a lot of things. Yeah. yeah. Really. It isn't about the mask at all. It's, it's about the, yeah. what's underneath. Mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. I'm waiting here for Jennifer Lode. She's in the middle of asking something. So when okay. I all right. Well, I'll um, bring if you typed it and there's more, I don't know what the question is yet, but she said there's, she's asking for some advice. So okay. we'll keep an eye out. Um, okay. There was another one. Wait. Oh, Tina uh, Marie uh, Brantley says, if it just keeps happening with my children, I keep holding out hope, but it's getting to the point where it's mentally exhausting. What is it that keeps happening? It, do you mean what we're talking about here that they they're choosing the narcissist they're choosing the narcissist over you or was it something we missed so um in any case it's it is very exhausting with children so i'm going to wait for her reply too um uh, wait yeah it's hard with children because the parents the other parent probably already has the their their finger on the pulse of the fear obligation and guilt that will keep the kid attached to them well, or, yeah, set the narrative, right? The, yes. the narcissist is so fast at setting the narrative, telling people what the reality is long before the person even knows there is a reality. Right, right. And if that, exactly. And if that even is, if it's not about that, or it's not about fear, obligation, guilt, it's about bribery sometimes. Mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. seen it, right? Oh, a lot, a lot of times. And children are, are going to, especially teens and young adults often are going to be like, wait, that parent makes it easy for me. That one just wants to have difficult conversations. <laughs> and right. I think I'll take what's easy and what's being given to me. Right. Or, you know, one parent can afford to stay in the right zip code and the other parent needs to move over the other one. <laughs> and all their friends are in this zip code. You know, what are they supposed to do? I mean, it's a tough thing, right? But Ultimately, I, I guess let's find out how old her, your kids are. It can tell us, give us a, a ballpark of ages that would help me a lot to help you more. Because <laughs> if they're adults and they're already out on their own and they make that choice, it's terrible. But in that case, the best thing that you can do is send them, if you choose to, send a card or a message once, you know, every holiday mm -hmm. or, or certain big holidays like either Christmas or Hanukkah or whatever you guys do. And then on the birthday, if you celebrate birthdays, and that's it. And and you say something like, "I know you know, you know, just know that I'm always here for you. Whenever, when and if you need me, love mom, love dad, whatever." You could say, "I know that you are, you know, not not very happy with me right now." You could say, "I know that you're choosing not to speak with me right now," but mm -hmm. the other two lines need to be basically. You don't want to blame them because even if they unless they're just completely narcissistic, in which case you probably don't want to do that. But if they're just confused because they've been bribed or they've been fear, you know, fear mongered, <laughs> that sounds bad. The parent, the other parent has fogged them for your obligation or guilt, then yeah. Yeah. And, and you don't want to step into it with, especially with adult children or older teens with your feelings too much once they're already there because yes. then they are they feel like they're being tug award they feel like they're being manipulated by your feelings even though you legitimately have every right to talk about your feelings it if you sometimes when you do or often when you do like by for instance saying gosh it really hurt me that you didn't invite me to blah 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 or it really hurt me that i um that i didn't i didn't know about this but everybody else did right yes it did and also that that adult child or um teen mm -hmm. is then feeling sometimes manipulated emotionally by your feelings and then won't respond in a way that 
if they're going to do that to you, they're in a sort of in a state of selfish thinking. Mm-hmm. Often they're not like, gosh, I wonder what mom or dad, whoever the alienated one is, is feeling right now. They're sort of like, well, what's in it for me? Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's rough. It's, it's rough. rough. And, it, yeah. and you, when you approach it with too much feelings about your own feelings, that's like, right. save that conversation for after you can reconcile some, in yes. my opinion. Yes. And you almost want to, when it just in general, when it comes to your kids and I'm almost regardless of their age, unless they come to you first and say, you guys have a problem. Something needs to be done here. Um, then you, you almost want to just, as long as they have a positive or healthy-ish, if there's such a thing, relationship with the other parent, you almost want to just act like it's a regular divorce. Mm-hmm. But you have to be very careful. And the reason, it's not because you're trying to hurt your children or hide from them. If they see it's happening, they know it's happening. And you can just say, I guess, I guess my point, you don't want to give them a reason to assume, right? So you don't want to say, oh, mom or dad, they're so mean to me. I'm a victim and they're the, you know, you don't want to do that. Let the children decide for themselves if they're old enough to do so, what they think. But if they're not involved and you're keeping things, you know, behind closed doors, whatever, just, you know, it's not working out with us, blah, 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 whatever. But you don't want to throw blame over to them. You will see in many cases, narcissists, they're happy to use your young your teenagers, your adults, adults, oh, they, any children, right? Yeah, they become, they become collateral, they're collateral, but they become um, currency. Yeah, absolutely. And tools. Yeah. Tools. Yeah. Like they're using them against you or they're, yeah. yeah. Um, Tracy, when, yeah, when is it okay, if at all, to address alienation, the uh, this alienation with my 16-year-old son? I'm tired of keeping my mouth shut. Okay, first of all, alienation is BS. And I can tell you from a child's perspective, as well as a mother's perspective, it's awful. This mm-hmm. is what I would say for you, Tracy. I don't know your whole story. I assume that at this point, you've already, I would want to know, like, are you already divorced? Is the custody thing already handled? If your child is being alienated, alienated by your former parent, co-parent, I guess technically still parallel parent, um, I would want to know why. I would not... I would not spend a whole bunch of time like I'm um, intentionally trying to redeem myself to my child because it's useless and it makes you look guilty on some mm-hmm. level. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your child knows you well enough, I assume they do, and they know for sure that you didn't do this and they're still playing the game with the other parent, this is a, less about you and more about their fear, obligation, and guilt of the other parent right. or the other parent spoil them, right? Mm-hmm. Other than that, I would say bring it up whenever you're ready. Just be careful and understand who you're talking to because talking to the narcissist is useless. Um, but if you talk to the kid, it would be about, for me, I would sit down with them and I would say, you know, what is it that you're upset with me for? I would really, you know, open, no judgment, just let, let, you know, let me have it. What did I do? I want to help fix this. So help me understand how I hurt you or whatever it is. You know what I mean? And, but I would not have that conversation with, with that dude. I would either talk with a coach and therapist, coach or therapist, mm-hmm. or just the two of you, if you're comfortable with it. And I, when I say that dude, I mean your ex, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> but that's that, but Lise, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think so too. I think treading slowly and lightly into it, um, that 16 is absolutely appropriate age to talk about what's going on in the dynamics of a family. And that's yeah. something that's going on, but being careful not to Understanding the relationship that that child has with the narcissistic parent. Yes. So that you're, you, you don't want to then try to put a wedge between them and the narcissistic parent, even though we want to, <laughs> it won't, <sighs> it won't work. And also it's, it needs to be that child, just like it needs to be all of our awakening and choice mm-hmm. to deal with the other person you know what i'm saying if someone came in to a marriage and was like your husband's a narcissist your wife's a narcissist and tried to wedge themselves in you're just gonna right. even as a survivor you might believe the person but you're just gonna like push them away and, and be like what was that about right so just careful careful approach and um um trying to reestablish. here's my my hint tr- trick <laughs> try and reestablish the relationship with your child based on things that you enjoy together. Don't go for the big, heavy stuff. Totally. Make it fun. Mm-hmm. Be the Disney parent for a bit. 
have some fun. Keep it light, keep it fun. Um, It's you're more likely to have an open conversation after you've had a good day than you are if it's always tense and heavy and dramatic and you're always sad, right? Yes. So yeah, yeah. Because the child just wants everything peaceful, most likely. Mm-hmm. Right. Mostly. Yeah. Most likely. Unless they're, it, I don't know the situation. So, you know, it's, I will, um, okay. Gonna, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> okay, okay, good. I guess. I wanna say, yeah. Yeah. I want to say one other thing that, um, please don't hate me for saying it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Um, very often, not always, but I would say there is some evidence that, that at least what I've seen, uh, male children tend to feel more protective over their mothers than than female children sometimes. But also, if the other parent is blatantly abusive and the kid sees it, regardless of the child's gender, they're going to be protective over the parent who's being abused a lot of the time, unless you have a situation where the parent has convinced the other child that the other, you know, that the, the abused parent is is wrong, and that's why they're being abused. In which case. It's so complicated. It's so complicated. I've heard of one one person that um, absolutely couldn't stand. This is a survivor. Could not stand their mother because their their narcissistic father convinced him that mom was a a, a hysterical fool who couldn't keep her emotions in check and was always going to hover over him and never let him have a life and blah blah. You know, basically projecting his his nonsense onto the mom. And so the child grew up that way. And later, when they grew up, they start kind of came back to mom and we're like, that's actually none of that's true. But right. it took him, he, that mom was lucky because he, this is a smart person that <laughs> was able to see it and right. figured out his dad was a narcissist. Mm. And so it's like, yeah, that can happen. And, and that he said the one problem, the one thing she did wrong was she was always enabling the narcissist mm. as a mother. I mean, his mother was always enabling the narcissist by covering up for all of his So if he would be in a rage, he'd say, oh, just step out of your father's way. He's just in a bad mood. Oh, you know how dads are sometimes like normalizing and um, enabling the behavior and never stood up to it or never said, I don't want to be treated that way. Never set a boundary Mm -hmm. visibly in front of the children. So so he's like, so how was I supposed to know she wasn't those things? In other words, she made him look perfect. He made himself yeah. look perfect. And she would look like right. the bad guy until he was like 20 some years old. So this is yeah. the worst. Yeah. yeah. Because how many of us seriously in the chat right now, guys, if you're here, how many of you have ever stood up for a narcissist and tried to normalize their behavior? Oh, all the time. I have. <laughs> I think right? everybody, you wouldn't stay longer than five minutes if you didn't a little bit. Right. right. Either right. normalize it or fix it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, and you know, or, or pretend or, oh, this happened, everything's fine. You know, but the thing is, uh, it's so, it's, it's a really fine balance, right? Because you don't want your children to be traumatized every day. You don't want them to know at very young ages that what this person, but then at the same time that if you don't call it out and you don't say, this is not okay, then what if they grow up and, oh, hmm, right, and become that, I mean, it's, it's a fine to, line. I'm trying to read Jennifer's question. It's spread out over multiple, so I have to. Okay. Remember, she had a question. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to read them all. And then mm-hmm. okay. it happened when, by pure happenstance, had a minute, a minute, conversa- minute, minute conversation with a man. Ah, it jumped. Sorry. Who was absolutely. Uh, I think something's missing there. Just a few minute talk. So I had a short conversation with someone. He absolutely was, he was so absolutely loving to me. He also has given me strength and logic, rational in loving, helpful ways to express my committed, my committed no contact. Mm -hmm. I noticed that I'm triggered in triggering in ways. I feel like I've been so traumatized by narcissistic abusive relationships that in a way treating this amazing man as if he is my ex. Okay. Yeah. Is there a way of stopping that? Okay. So uh, what I'm hearing is you're asking, you're, you're, you talk to someone or you know someone who's very supportive and kind and you get triggered into feeling like they are your toxic ex. Is that what you heard? I think so. And I think she's saying, how do I stop acting that way? How do I stop? Right. There's like, a whole lot of work you can do with triggers to help with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, in the moment you can use pattern interrupt. So if normally you, let's say there's a, okay, I'm, I'm only using this as an example because it happened to me. <laughs> uh, let's say there's a pretty person on the television in a bikini and you feel kind of, kind of worried by that because he seems to be looking at it really closely, right? Well, you know, if that was something your ex did and you're triggered by it, you have to learn to push through that, right? But if you are with someone who is, I mean, it sounds like maybe you got into a relationship before you were ready, first of all, but that's okay if you can work through this. So when, if the person you're with is an amazing, sweet, loving person, then if you are triggered by something like the woman on the TV in the bikini or whatever, then what you could do is you could speak to him and say, hey, it's not about you. I'm so sorry. This is a weird thing to talk about. But when my ex did this, then I felt that. And this is why I acted like that. I know you're different than him. And I'm so sorry. Whatever. And then you personally have to work on working through that other stuff. That's not a pattern interrupt, by the way. What I just told you, that was totally not that. But a pattern interrupt might stop you from sitting there and dwelling on the issue mm -hmm. while it's happening. You know, mm -hmm. um, do, go ahead, Lisa. I'm gonna let you take it from so, there. Uh, so know that even when you have healed, uh, that getting into some a new relationship, it brings up for a lot of people, not everyone. It brings up all this stuff, the triggers that you thought you were fine with. Suddenly, you're in this intimate, close relationship where you're vulnerable and you are uh, feeling exposed and you're feeling scared of getting hurt again. Even yep. if it's not in your conscious mind, in your subconscious, it, you're you're on the lookout, right? right? And so it's very normal to have triggers, um, and actually could be a good beneficial thing if you're in a healthy relationship because now you can learn to rework and heal parts of yourself you can't do solo. <laughs> it's you can't you're not going to be triggered by somebody having a facial expression when there's no one to have the facial expression right so um recognizing that you're in a trigger uh, telling yourself i'm being triggered saying to him excuse me i'm gonna go um i'm being triggered right now i'm gonna it's not you it's me i'm gonna go take a minute and doing a pattern interrupt like angie suggested and telling yourself you're safe you're um if you are <laughs> make sure you are make sure that you're safe Telling yep. yourself you're, you're safe, you're being triggered, calming your body down, recognizing where it's happening in your body, calming it down and uh, through breathing, through some relaxation, some stretching, whatever you need to do. Um, it's, there's a lot of things. Um, if there's something the person's doing that's triggering, for instance, if they are, uh, it, actually, I'm not even going to say that. It's it really depends on who you're with and what that what's happening with that other person, mm -hmm. because they could be communicating in a way that's coming from their past that wasn't healthy as well, and they could be a perfectly healthy, wonderful person with bad habits, mm -hmm. like um, looking at their phone while you talk. Maybe they've mm -hmm. been single a long time and they're used to just sort of doing whatever they want, and and maybe then there's a conversation of okay that triggers me that's my problem but at the same time it's not good communication so maybe we should both have a role of putting our phones down walking away and having a card and talking you know like right working through right. through the thing so we don't always have to uh fix our triggers because maybe the person is doing something that doesn't work for you relationship yes. and, and then they're, and then at the same time we can't expect the other person Oh my gosh, I'm triggered, and that they won't, they'll just be like, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry all the time. We don't want them walking on eggshells because right. we, so it's, does that, I don't know if that helps, but no, it totally is. Yeah. I think in these situations, talking it through with someone might be the best uh, suggestion because it's really individual, and I, I don't know why it's happening for you in particular and what's going without. on between you without talking, right? right. Kind of in depth, yeah. Yeah. I had a client one time who had a similar situation. She had uh, a certain phrase, something, I don't remember the exact phrase, but it was like, who are you? Something like, you know, what are you trying to prove or something like that? Or who are you trying to impress? Something like that. So this phrase, who are you trying to impress or whatever it was, was like, it was something that people around her would say normally, but it, like in, from her part of the world, but the person who was saying it to her previously had been her mother and her mother would say it at really inappropriate times. Like, 
when she was wearing her, I don't know, like her wedding dress, try, trying to buy her wedding dress or something. There was drama yeah. on that, like little things. <clears throat> so one day she, she moved on from the narcissist. I mean, it was a really, oh my gosh, it was a really tough situation. Like I was worked with her the whole thing. And so she was then moving, moving forward as she got healthier, met another guy, wonderful guy. I believe they just got married not that long ago. Um, but she had a lot of trouble for the same reason, triggers. Well, one day she was, they lived in like a, a top floor apartment or something. And one day she was going to take the trash out or something. And she had to go all the way to the bottom floor. And so she put on his shoes, which of course were much too big for her. They looked like clown shoes. And so, you know, she was joking about that. And then he made some comment like, who are you trying to impress? And she literally just had some sort of just, yeah, you know, kind of lost it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. Right. And in that case, obviously he had done nothing except say the wrong playing, words right he was playing back right. her what she was playing and and he just yes. accidentally said the wrong phrase yeah right and mm -hmm. in that case you know there were but he was such a good guy this is why i'm so glad they got married he was such a good guy that he recognized this and and like oh i was so impressed i was like okay we like him he's good <laughs> when she told me next time but that's the point the point is we don't always get so lucky so just what you said I think is what people really need to be thinking about is that sometimes we're triggered for a good reason. <laughs> like it's not just because of a phrase or something, it's because of an inappropriate or unacceptable behavior. And we're trying to tell ourselves, it's not the same because they're different people, but sometimes when we feel that in our gut, that's like a red flag. Mm -hmm. And so thank you for pointing that out. Yeah, it's, it's well, it's complex too. You're dealing with another mm. person that is. Yes, and there's so much more to it, right? Yeah. right. Okay, I wanted to read this one from Caribbean D's, mm -hmm. uh, Loving Life's Journey, I like that. So I've learned after the family and friends loss, <clears throat> pardon me, through the narcissist and his lies and his influence and smear campaign, I really know it's my life and my sanity. I deserve peace, so sayonara to them. That is my whole philosophy here too. Heck yeah. <laughs> really, right? Because that's what it all comes down to. I mean, I want to tell you that like your, your, your kids, they're different than everybody. And, and I want to tell you that these people are different. No, here's what it comes down to. If your kids are over 18, now don't get me wrong. I love my kids, all three of them, regardless, two of them are over 18. Okay. But technically uh, when they're 18, technically you owe them nothing and they owe you nothing. Right. So if, if, so if your kids are pushing you to that point and you aren't able to resolve it, you're allowed to step back. And tell them, like I said, I'm, I'm here for you when you need me, but I'm not going to, you don't have to let yourself be tortured. You know, you don't have to beg them if, if they've refused to, if they are committed to misunderstanding you, mm -hmm. then step back and wait until they are committed to changing their minds or whatever. But I would still send the card or something once, twice. Oh, yeah, a year. just keeping, it's not a resentment issue. It's a, right. it's, it's a timing issue sometimes. Mm -hmm. yeah. No doubt. Yep. Mm -hmm. Good, good, uh, good advice from D there. Um, do you have another question for us? I don't. I haven't. I wasn't. Okay. I was listening to you. <laughs> Woo! Okay. <laughs> well, my my. I have to go briefly here. Just. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, let's get ready to wrap up. I know we have a few um, additional. Daniel Russo. Hold on. <laughs> Daniel Russo. Hi Jennifer. Hello. 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 Uh, says. He says, he says it is like I say means, he says it's like I say mean things to him and I don't even know I said it. Did you read that from Jennifer? Yeah, okay, that's, says, I read all those. Yeah, I read. Okay, you did. Okay. Yeah, I Thank think you, so. Sorry. Yeah, as we were going through. Um, okay. Here's a question. Yeah. Uh, H. Mohegan is uh, asking Angie, I have fallen prey to narcissists twice. So how can you trust yourself that you will not again? So first you have to heal yourself, first of all, um, mm -hmm. and you have to learn that you are worth um, loving. You have to mm -hmm. learn that not only are you worth loving, but you have good things to offer. Mm -hmm. You have to learn how to set and maintain your boundaries in ways that feel appropriate and comfortable for you. Um, and you also have to, you have to recognize that you would rather be alone than with someone who abuses you. And in, in that, in that moment, in that bit of recognition, you have to be like a serious, you have to be real, real. And real looks like this. The truth is 
if you are ever under the thumb of a narcissist, under the control of a narcissist, and you remember how that feels in your gut or however, it, for me, it affects me like all through my, my heart, my stomach, my, this, this area, <laughs> uh, and, and my head, of course, all the things, right? But you feel it and you know when it's not right. And then you have to be like insanely strong because mm-hmm. you have to be prepared to walk away no matter how hot they are, no matter yep. how good they're in bed, no matter how anything, okay? And I know that sounds shallow what I just said, but it's, it's a fact. People who are... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So that is one thing. Another thing is support is really, really important. So mm-hmm. get support, whether you get it through our free groups uh, on Facebook and off Facebook, we have some less free groups, but they're still really cheap. Um, or you go through uh, this, this chat every week, or you go to Lisa's group coaching, which mm-hmm. I, I, I know I keep saying it's, it's ridiculously inexpensive, but it is, but she does amazing work there. And so many people, I've never heard anybody come out of it and be like, well, that was stupid. No, <laughs> you know, I had one person complain, but I think it's because she was, I won't, I can't talk about it because, but I did have one, but that person, I'll just say this. It was nothing Lisa or anyone else in the group did. <laughs> I think that person did not understand. Anyway. <laughs> criticism <laughs> welcome. But other than that, I don't know. Yeah. No, um, it was nothing that, you know, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think I meant, I know we talked about it, but it was somebody who had unrealistic expectations. Can I say that? And, and not for the reasons you think, <laughs> just like a person I recently, we yeah. love 99.99% of our people. I will say that <laughs> some people just accidentally got off on the wrong stop two that I can think of for our whole one mine one was mine and one was, <laughs> was scary. <laughs> right that's weird okay moving right along uh, <laughs> I think also what uh, what I would say to how to keep uh from having it happen again is not worrying about it happening again so much and worrying about getting your life where you want it for yourself and don't let anyone pull you off of that somebody that is is enriching and adding to your life won't uh necessarily um someone narcissists don't add to they take from and if you're on your track for your life and someone comes in and wants you to like what did i say to someone today when you find yourself folding their laundry on the third date (laughs) you know what i mean when you find yourself doing for giving mm, really time, good time sacrificing for that was kind of a, a silly an analogy but really like when you find yourself stopping your life to jump on someone the rails of someone else's track mm. then you're at risk for enmeshment codependency or being with a toxic person and then being very difficult to find your way back out remember that you've done it twice you've left yeah. or they have left you and you have recovered and you are healing and you're doing it you're you're you know you're better without them than you were with them so if you had to do it a third time you could so don't be afraid of never engaging with other humans because toxic people are out there and it's a lot easier to close the door if you stay on your own trajectory if you're like this is what i am and this is what i do and this is who i am and nobody's twisting my morals or my you know what i'm saying because that's what they do so knowing yourself a little more and and sticking with you being your own friend yeah, yeah. it makes I, a hundred percent what Angie's saying you know to, to walk yes. away when you have to yeah yes i'm gonna tell you something really quick i see a whole bunch of stuff that i totally missed so i i want to say to uh i believe we call her elizabeth elizabeth from i think she's true said her family chose her sister over herself uh, mm-hmm. and say she, they, that that you should make peace with her um if you need to pretend to make peace with her, that doesn't need doesn't mean you have to right. actually deal with her, okay? And know that you are not alone in all of this. I want to say that um, Barbara says to treat Zounds, treat up. You are enough. You are the same person you were before you had children. I didn't see what happened, but I would agree with that. Um, and and a lot of people are saying, you know, I waited. Mimo Dragon said I waited forty one years to stop the abuse. I mean, you know. Chris says she waited several. The point is this, right? The point is, don't beat yourself up for when, because believe me, I think we could all have regrets about the years wasted, right? But, but just whatever you can control from here forward, that's it. Mm-hmm. Everything else, 
you can heal from, but you can't change as far as we're aware. So unless you know a time machine, <laughs> just do me a favor and only focus on what you can control. If you need to heal from the bad things in the past, get on it. We're here with you. We'll help you. Mm -hmm. If you if you need to forget them, well, we can might maybe I don't know, help you, but it's oh, always better to heal first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like, it was a joke. It's better to heal. Um yeah. and, and and then from there you can decide what to do and, and where to go. But isn't you can't blame yourself and when your family members choose to walk away from you or you have to walk away from them for their own protection or their own peace, as I think is kind of what I did in my case. Um because I didn't want to make them choose. I knew they couldn't choose me anyway. Um, <laughs> hurt my own feelings a little less, you know. Um, whatever you have to do, just know that for once, maybe the first time in your whole life, you're putting yourself ahead of other people in the priority list, <laughs> which maybe, personally, I think in, as long as your kids are under 18, you know, they have to be up there next to you. But, but beyond that, and I know that sounds cold, but I still love my kids so hard. And if there was anything they ever needed, I would absolutely do anything I could to make sure they were okay, you understand. Mm -hmm. But if they actively betray and hurt me, that would be a different story. You know what I mean? So it's a whole thing. Oh, it's about boundaries. Even with people, we, even with people we loved to tears, you know what I mean? Right. Love, love yes. with every piece of ourselves. Mm -hmm. We still have to have boundaries and right. be good to ourselves too, right? It's so, true. yeah. True. And the ugly thing is that most people don't ever experience unconditional love, except if they're lucky enough to have a parent who loves them like that. And, and not all of us have been. Mm -hmm. I believe that I've given unconditional love to my children. I know that I have. But just because I love them unconditionally doesn't mean that if they couldn't push that boundary, and I, I'm just going to knock on some wood here, I don't believe they would. Yeah, I'm not going to have some wood. But, but just in case, but do, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm saying I'm aware of the possibility. And I think everybody has to be aware of the possibility, whether it's your mother, your father, your sister, your brother, children, neighbors, friends, whatever. Sometimes the people you wouldn't, you would least expect will be those people. But putting yourself first on that priority list, or at least second or third, yeah, among the top, among the then top. you have a better, right? Then you have mm -hmm. a better chance of, of having a life that gets better. And continues to stay healthy. I don't mean to be so negative. <laughs> How do boundaries I, work with unconditional love? The same way they do with that. conditional. The same way they do with anyone. If I love yeah. unconditionally, I still have um, what works for me. Yes. Does that make sense? So if my child is like, it's the same. Like picture a little kid. I want that. No, you can't have that. You've set the boundary right Bing. we're not going to have that and the child's like but i want it and you look at their sweet little face and you love them so much if you're not gonna you just hold the boundary we're not gonna right. it's dinner time we're not gonna have the soda pop whatever you know right no it's not happening and i love you it's not yeah. it's just it's setting your terms and that's a silly example but it's yeah it's a good example actually yeah because it really is yeah because that's the thing when you <clears throat> Okay, when you when you have rules and 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 I'm going to tell you, a lot of us who grew up with very very strict parents, we are less strict as parents. Oh, yeah. But we find different ways, and in, like in my case, my kids are different than I was because they're not so repressed <laughs> or whatever. You know, we find different ways to get the point across. And I have found, again, I've only parented three children so far, and that will be all the children I parent. <laughs> okay, but in my in my case, I have found that letting them, making sure to, to let them know that I care about their feelings, even if I can't fix everything. Right. Yeah. Um, I understand you, know? you want the soda, but yeah, right. <laughs> it's happening. Right. right. Uh -huh. well, let me explain to you why. You know, and I'm not going to kill myself explaining them you know, no, at, at you two years old to. or anything. But, no, you don't right. need to. And well, I mean, right. I'm thinking of an example right now where somebody loves their daughter very, very much. She's an adult and she's, mm -hmm. the daughter's very, very rude to her and very toxic to her because she is under the influence of a narcissistic person. Right. And um, so, but she still wants to talk to her daughter and she loves her unconditionally. And so I was like, you got to set some boundaries. You, you know, we have, you, you, know, you can do whatever you want, but my suggestion right. is you might want to set some boundaries and, but how do I do that? And I said, well, what is the problem when she talks? Well, 
it'll be fine for a little while and then she'll bring up these two topics that are points of contention and then she'll start a fight and then we end on a bad note i said well then just don't talk my my boundary would be i don't talk about those topics with you any longer yep. not yep. not right now maybe later mm -hmm. and and so that's like that's totally fair it's totally it's we've and she even said to her, she said, look, we've had this conversation over and over and we, we need to agree to disagree. I'm like, mm -hmm. there you go. Boundary. That's fair. Yeah. And yeah. Uh-huh. And you know, honestly, if you teach your kids, I mean, you can't go back and do what's undo, do what's already been done. But for those of you who have younger kids, I'll tell you this. If you teach your kids that it's not horrible to disagree sometimes, that it's okay to say, you know what, I personally don't really like what you're doing with your hair. But hey, it's your head. Go ahead. That's what I, I the, the one big disagreement I have with you. Right? <laughs> okay. But anyway, it's another example. But I don't care. It's the hair. It grows. They can cut it, whatever. And the point is, when you teach them things like that, like, look, I might not like what you're doing, but okay. You know, I see what you, I see. This is your choice. Or vice versa. Like, mom, I might not like it if you're, you know, wearing short shorts. I would never in public. But if I did, you whatever. You know what right. I'm saying? But as long as you're not hurting anybody and okay, we're, we're, I mean, I don't know if that's an appropriate example, because maybe it would be inappropriate to wear short shorts to school for them, <laughs> but you get the point. The point is it's okay to disagree with your child and, and to both understand, okay, we have different opinions, but, but, but still, you know, as long as it's not hurting anyone, it's okay. And if right. it is hurting someone or it might hurt someone, I like to have my children help me research why, you know, the possible effects of things. And that's right. always fun. <laughs> They may, maybe your kids aren't nerds, but my kids have enough nerd in them. They can do that. So, right. And you can, if you've had, so she's asking about, or he or she is asking about, uh, can you set boundaries if you never did before? Yes. Oh, sure. You just, just ease into it. You don't need to become suddenly like the master boundaries, just, yeah, or like super hard line, just ease into it a little at a time as it's mm -hmm. not going to feel comfortable because the person isn't going to want to hear the no. Isn't going right. to want to hear the line in the sand. They're not, nobody wants to hear that, especially if they're used to you doing everything for them. So, right. It, yeah. But if you take the time to, I, I really absolutely agree with you. And, and I also think if you take the time to listen to them, even like, even if you didn't have boundaries before, oh my gosh, that's so weird. Well <laughs> even if you didn't have boundaries before, but now you take the time to listen to the kids and, and hear them as whole ass people, pardon my language, <laughs> because I don't know about you guys, but for my toxic parent, I was not a whole person. Right. I'm no. pretty sure I'm still not. So they don't know. Narcissistic people don't see you as your extension of them, period. That's it. Exactly. That's and that it. is right. And so if you've done the opposite of that with your child and you've shown them that you care about their feelings, well, you have, you, you have plenty of room that you can work in these boundaries. And what Lee said was entirely accurate. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Just another thing, but at least you have to go and I'm so sorry we're okay. so far. Okay. All right. So guys, we're going to wrap up. I wish that we could stay longer and talk and answer more questions, but new things coming because pretty soon we will be able to answer your, your, your questions with videos. Did you know that it's new? Um, <laughs> it's true. I bought a whole iPhone about it because they aren't doing it on Android yet. <laughs> so hopefully we'll oh. be able to, <laughs> but it's only going to be a side phone because yeah. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So that's coming. Um, and anyway, if you have questions, comments, concerns, things you want to talk about uh, for next time or topics, suggestions, anything, you can talk to you and a, you can talk to Bonnie, you can talk to Ellen or Chris um, who are our amazing mod squad here today. Thank you ladies for being here and all the members who are here, Jennifer, I see her. I know I saw some of Stacy was a member. Thanks for being here. And thanks to everyone for being here. Um, yeah. yeah. And Lise, as always, thank you. thank you. And also one last thing, make sure you check the description. You will see how to subscribe to channels, how to, you'll have Lisa's channel down there. Um, you have how to schedule a coaching appointment. You have all the good things. Um, and uh, go take a look at all that. <laughs> all right. We'll see you next week. Please, any last words of? Uh... Uh, I just I noticed someone. I don't know who it was. Sorry. Uh, asked right. it, is Lisa's group live? Yes, it is a coaching group. It is live on Zoom. We meet three times a week: uh, Tuesdays, Thursdays, four thirty; Fridays, eleven Pacific time. So you're gonna have to do your your own time translation there. Uh, and um, it's uh, private. Yeah, so that and it's private. So there's that. 
that's separate from the YouTube oh. stuff. So you go over to my channel if you want live streams as well. Uh, so those are, anyway, tell, tell them what. <laughs> okay, so she has live streams periodically. Are you doing it today? After no, this I can't. Yeah. Okay, yeah. She, so just make sure you sign up. Um, on, so what, the link's below, but it's Lise Colucci. Just type in Lise Colucci and you'll find her, first oh, of yeah. all. Se secondly, um, so subscribe, hit the bell notification so that you have a chance of YouTube notifying you, but just to be safe and, and make sure that you do get notified whenever we do these streams. Either one of us, you can um, text Lise Live, all one word, L-I-S-E-L-I-V-E, and or Angie Live, <laughs> A-N-G-I-E-L-I-V-E, all one word, to three three two 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 you got to do it one at a time or we won't get them um so if you want to subscribe to both just to make sure do yep. that and uh yeah. that's what we do <laughs> um, and then we have on the site right. if you mean for coaching group there's a link and you can enroll yes. there if you mean for the the facebook you just subscribe and do what she just said so yes yeah. yes um if you're talking about the go to queenbee.com youtube sorry oops what? or facebook yeah that's, yeah yeah or facebook um because if you go to slash groups you're going to see you're going to be taken right to lisa's group coaching if you go to queenbeing.com slash group support or span s-p-a-n you'll get the groups that yeah. are free yep okay um no. what else yeah just just go to queenbeing.com you can just walk through it it'll give you an opportunity to even take a quiz or a, a little assessment to figure out you know, where you're at in recovery, which, uh, which support system is best for you, all that stuff. Tons of really good resources for you guys there. So yeah, take some, take advantage. <laughs> That's what they're there for. All right. And one last thing as, as, a uh, as Daniel says, fall down, keep getting up, like be like Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. And also his name is Daniel Russo. Who else is named Daniel Russo? Anybody? Daniel Russo. Please? Do you know? Is it not the name of the Karate Kid? The original Karate Kid that was his character? Daniel oh. Russo? No? Am I crazy? Am I you know what? The character, maybe. I don't, I don't know. It's no. the character. It's not Ralph Macho. It's a bad name memory. I can't remember names. So, oh. yeah. It's idea. weird. Yeah. yeah. Names, <laughs> names are like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, Daniel Russo, if you are, in fact, aware of that or I'm wrong, please tell me. But otherwise, <laughs> we'll see you guys soon. Thanks, everybody. We appreciate you so much. Thanks, Lisa. Uh -huh. <laughs> All right, bye-bye.